Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Mr. JJ Flynn of Train and Gain, coming to you from Gosport over in the UK. JJ, what's going on, man? How are you today? How's it going, Joe? You good? I'm doing tremendously. I appreciate you asking. I'm excited to to dig in here, JJ. I think that there's a lot to be learned both directions from states-based gym owners from the UK and UK-based gym owners from the states. And so this will be a fun conversation. I'm excited to hear about the business aspect of what you guys do. But before we dive into that, I think context is key here. Train and gain the name doesn't necessarily give it away. So for the people listening who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the brand, JJ, tell us a little bit about this gym. What are we, what are we here to talk about? When you describe training game, what do you tell people? So the, the name came from a bit of a play throughout the film, Pain and Gain, obviously with Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson. Um, I was trying to think of a good company name. I was watching that. Uh, my fiance suggested about training gain and I thought oh, that's quite good actually I uh, looked it up in the database it was it was fine to come across so uh, I got that name uh, signed in um, and then the gym is basically people trying to train in our gym and then gain what do they gain from it uh, confidence uh, weight loss muscle mass um, all the things you can uh, gain from a gym really uh, so it's a bit of a play on the words um, and yeah like uh, Quite a lot of people have uh, said about how good the name is, to be fair. Yeah. And so the the brand is born. Train and Gain is now the business that we're operating under. Tell us a little bit about how this all came to be. Because as I understand it, this is a fairly recent venture for you. Take us back, not necessarily to the day that the doors opened, but take us to the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up this business. What was going on and, and what inspired all of this? Literally, um, due to COVID, um, working at my gym five years, previous gym, COVID comes along, all of a sudden, I've got nowhere to train my clients. Um, so part of the rules here in the UK is we're allowed to PT outside. So I made a small gym in my back garden. I was very lucky I had AstroTurf. And then for some weird reason, we had a, an amazing British summer, which is, is very rare. But I think we had like two rain days. So it was perfect. I um I managed to train myself really well. Um, and I don't think a lot of other PTs were doing the same thing. A lot of PTs kind of like held their hands up and were like, you know, I'm, I'm defeated here. There's not a lot I can do. Whereas I thought, you know what, I'll build a gym in my back garden. And I just brought more and more kit. And then um, just went from there, really. And then I was really lucky. The local rugby club, uh, Gosport and Ferrum, um, I, I played for them on a Saturday. They said to me, look, we've got a small space. You guys can put your gym in there. Just let the rugby club um, use it as part of a deal. Um, so I started there. That was around about 700 square foot. So it's quite small, but I managed to get my machines in there and carry on PT. And, um, and then I quickly outgrew that space and uh, was looking for a, for a good year, trying to nail something down. And then uh, a bigger space came along, 3,000 square foot. Um, so now we're in there and we've been open since June the 1st. So, yeah, it's going yeah. well. And so a, a number of evolutions along the way, and it didn't quite start out as the dream and the desire to have this established gym. It was more or less just by circumstance. I was training people. I needed somewhere to go. I found this rugby club. Business grew to a certain point. I needed somewhere else to go. Now we're in 3,000 square foot. That's Six months in. Yeah, it, it just happened had to that, present itself, right? Yeah, I had that client base behind me. I had um, around about 40, 40 clients who I knew that was going to sign up to my gym. So straight away, the pressure was off. And then I also yeah. had another really good PT called Rich who I knew was going to come with me and he'd bring his client base in. Um, so all of a sudden, you've got like 60 members without even having to do any, any marketing or anything like that. So yeah straight away so financially this is this is a good start at least it's a reality for us to get going yeah 
uh, we'll explore the the marketing aspect of this in a minute, but I want to just pick your brain kind of philosophically on on your experience in this business so far. Six months in, what's been the best part about running this business and what's been the hardest part about running this business? The best part is definitely seeing uh, the finished product. I love transformations being a PT. I love I love the uh, the transformation of what started out was an empty shell. So now what's a fully equipped gym. Um, we have people travel around about an hour away to come use our gym on a day pass um, who just say there's no gym in the area like it. Um, so yeah, that, that compliment there is, is definitely my favorite part of the gym, along with obviously what I've tried to do in my gym is try to make sure that every single person can come in and use weights. Uh, we wanted to make sure that you know, women especially feel comfortable using weights because previous gyms I've always been at, I've always seen them edging towards like the cardio, um, kind of like the matted area, hiding around the corner. Um, whereas we had a big transformation of actually trying to make sure our gym was really open. So no matter where you are in our gym, you are in the gym, you know? So if you're on a leg machine, you're kind of really close to free weights as well. Um, so yeah, it's all in, all in one basically, which, it does. It works really, really well. Um, so Would that, that's, you say that a good portion of your members are female? Yeah, we're up to thirty-three percent female now, um, and again, it's, it's not bad considering when you look at our gym. It does look like quite scary, kind of like wow, it's, it's all plate loaded. Um, mm. You know, a lot of these people have never used plate loaded machines before, uh, where usually they just use the pin machine, kind of like a leisure leisure center kind of gym. So yeah, yeah. It, from the outside, it does look a little bit daunting. Um, but then when they when they're in there, they're using it and they realise how easy it is. Um, yeah. That's you know that's that's a really uh, it's really good to see. Okay, so a similar situation to many gyms in the states, right? It's it can be an intimidating industry, and yeah. we want to serve our people. We want to include both sides of the the gender norms to what we do as a business you guys have started to combat that talk to us about the marketing aspect of this jj because i think that's interesting what have you guys done beyond just the original opening you mentioned that we started with somewhere between 40 and 60 members what have we done to get people in to grow this beyond that it's all social media loads and loads of instagram um again you know you've got your target audience do you go tiktok do you go facebook to go Instagram for, for me, TikTok's aged a real younger age. Facebook is now um, aged uh, like more of an older age, whereas Instagram mm -hmm. is that main kind of user where you know you might get a 50 year old on Instagram, you also might get a 16 year old on Instagram. But that's why I feel like Instagram is is a social media app to use to to promote yourself as a gym. Um, so we we've, we've done loads of. Um, those of Instagram posts and those posts, they always try and vary. So, you know, we'll be putting up offers on Instagram and then we'll be putting up a, a member training and we'll do a transformation. So uh, I don't like to flood Instagram because that's sometimes I believe the way to you lose members and you lose interaction because you're constantly putting up and it gets a little bit boring. Instead of actually looking through the stories, they just swipe across. Um, so we always try to make sure we don't go too crazy um do the similar There's a delicate balance right yeah 100 that's yep. that's the, the balance is the key in my opinion so yeah we lose a lot of instagram um and then we every person who tags us in the gym we add to the story um so mostly like probably around about 10 to 15 stories a day will go up um where a gym user is tagged himself in our gym we post it to the story and then it goes yep. it's that interaction that goes across and then all of a sudden we get a bit more clicks, the more likes. Yep. People start seeing our gym and they start telling their friends. And that's definitely been the best way we've used uh, marketing. Yes, that's, social media. that's the beauty of social media, right? Is that so many of our members do the work for us on the marketing yeah. front. And it sounds like a lot of what you guys are doing, JJ, has, has been on the organic aspect of things, putting out content, putting out value. I find that a lot of gyms in this kind of a model, like you said, either are exclusively just ask, 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 come and join, come spend money, do all of these things, 
or are putting out content and never asking. And, and usually the best examples have somewhere in the middle, right? We yep. need to remember that this is a business, right? Likes, comments, followers don't necessarily translate to new members at the end of the day, but it can if we do it properly. Have you as a business, have you guys put money into advertising on these platforms or has it just been the free side so far? Yeah, so um, we have a new marketing guy called Callum who's come into the team in the last like month or two. Um, and he's been the one pushing that saying, you know, we need to spend a bit more money advertising, the, the sponsored ads, Facebook um, especially. Um, and that that's worked well, to be, to be honest. Um, before I was just going to run it off of, you know, people sharing communication, telling their friends. Um, and then it was it was coming, people coming in to sign up and saying, oh, we only found out about you yesterday. And I was like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, we saw a post on Facebook. And uh, it's crazy, mm -hmm. you know, they literally live like five minutes away and they don't know where your gym is or they've never heard of you. Um, yeah. Which always surprises me because you think, wow, we are putting out so many posts. We're probably the most, like, out there gym in the area, constantly feeding, like, for Instagram. Um, and still. Yeah, still you don't know about us. It's, yeah. it's, that's crazy. So, yeah, the sponsored ads uh, definitely was a, was a big thing um, to find out. How long have you guys been doing that? Uh, literally since Callum came on board, like, around about a month, two months ago. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we, have, we have a short window, but optimistic so far in terms of, of prospects on that yeah take me to the next step here jj like we said i mean leads and, and followers and likes all of these things are great but at some point we need to sign these people up and, and actually have a financial exchange and a new member and so walk me through what a typical sales process looks like somebody reaches out to you interested in joining the gym what happens from there for them to eventually become a member so uh, we either get obviously walk-ins that come straight to the gym or we get somebody contacts via social media. Um, we send them a link saying, look, this is how you sign up. Ideally for me, they come into the gym, they see the gym, they talk to one of our PTs and then we show them around the gym. Uh, we show them all the benefits of what they can do by using our gym. Uh, we make them feel welcome. Um, for me, the, the show around is key. Uh, I like to say if someone comes into my gym, and they're going to talk to me that I'll have a hundred percent record of signing them up because obviously they mm. came to you for a reason. Um, yep. And then if they walk out the door and they haven't signed up, there was something obviously in their mind that didn't feel comfortable. Um, whereas I'll always believe that obviously being a PT, that I can speak to them, show them around, show them, make them feel easy about coming to our gym. Um, so yeah, I really like that aspect if I show them around. Oh, and I've one of my PTs show them around because of the passion side of it. Like, because we want them to obviously come to our gym, stay at our gym and get results. Uh, that way, retention's good. We, we still have them paying. Um, and for us, they get results, so they don't mind paying. Um, that's, that's the key. If, if every gym could kind of like implement that, then everyone would be successful. That's what, that's how I see it, yeah. it sounds simpler to say it out loud than it is to actually do it i think exactly but, uh, i, I agree with you our our industry is not tremendously complicated on the surface and i think a lot of the times we muck it up more so yeah. than anything else so uh to break this down at least step by step a lot of those conversations go to you we are signing up almost everyone that comes in why do you think that is? I think, I mean, you sort of touched on it already, but I think that there's, there's a lot to be discovered in your answer here. Why are they signing up with you versus, or I guess, why, let me explore the conversation from the other side. Why are they not signing up with someone else? This is, you know, that's the key question and the key answer really for me is I'm not a businessman. I'm a personal trainer. Uh, the people who run the gyms and the nearby are businessmen who don't live in Gosport, they live four or five hours away, they don't really see their gym, they have someone hired, and that person who's hired isn't passionate about the gym, whereas this business that I'm working in is my business, so I need it to succeed, I want them to succeed, so I've got that 
non-business side of me i've got that personal trainer side of me that still wants them to do well so when they come in they they feel that they know that whereas a businessman wants your sale i actually want the sale and them to do well and and that that really is the key for me to be honest with you um that's why they they sign up to our gym obviously we we've got amazing kit um that no one in the area really has that We've got a great color scheme. We're all red and black, black walls, red neon lights. The color scheme of the gym really works well. And we've got other gyms nearby that that are good, but they don't have that color scheme. We've managed to hit a bit of an old school kind of gym, but with that kind of like new vibe and the modern vibe where, mm. you know, you take a selfie, uh, you've got a good background uh, mirror, you've got big mirrors around the gym. So we've managed to create a bit of a, different vibe that no one in the area has really um sure but that definitely that sound point and why they come to us is because our gym is run by personal trainers not run by either fitness instructors or membership advisors or a businessman that lives two or three hours away you know so that's why yeah. I, I believe that they come to us over over other gyms i i respect that because i think our industry gets a really poor reputation for being the the other example that you mentioned yeah. the the bottom line focused the the sign person up at all costs sort of idea hypothetically and, and devil's advocate here jj as this business grows and and as you establish yourself more as a business beyond just obviously the six months we've done so far how do we grow the business grow the membership without going down that route of becoming the quote-unquote business-focused guy. That's that, that's why I'm always in the business, uh, still personal training. So I I run the business and I also train personal training the business. Uh, that keeps me grounded as well, keeps me in the gym, keeps me seeing things, um, keeps me, obviously, uh, keeps an eye on the kit, um, and, you know, alongside with the business side of it as well. If we need a brand new machine that costs three thousand um, pounds as a personal trainer i want that i want that piece of kit um as a businessman i don't want that personal i don't want that piece of kit, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. you know the, the personal trainer inside me is always going to win um if you speak to any of my members they'll say you've got no more space to buy any kit and i'll say we'll try and find some um yeah our, <laughs> our gym is our gym is ramped so we've got so many pieces of kit in there that we could do with another three thousand square foot to try yeah. and, uh, to get more in um and that's how i will stay grounded um without leading you know i don't want to go into that commercial side of you know just try and get the numbers in who cares about that treadmill that's been at, uh, broken for a month i want to make sure that our gym runs smoothly and again i've got reputation as a personal trainer to maintain um and i will be seeing these members every day so if something's broken they're going to know that i run the gym and if they're not happy they're going to come straight to me uh, which yeah. i found at my old my old gym they used to do anyway they'd come to me they'd moan at me and say this has been broken and i'm like i'm just a pt uh, you know i can relay it on to the owners and the, the management but then the day don't I have that excuse anymore <laughs> yeah no I, I literally don't they, they will come at me and uh they'll be on my case so i you know and especially with new kit they go oh, have you seen this have you seen that and i'm like send it to me and let's have a look at it and obviously if it if it fits in the gym and i i can see the demand for it then it will you know will happen um there's only probably about one or two pieces of kit in our gym that doesn't get much kind of like use which one of them is a ghd machine um which they never do get much use to be fair because they're so they're so complicated to set up yeah um, that's fair and so uh play that hypothetical out here we're six months in six months from now jj what's your what's your goal for the business are we still trying to increase members is our focus more on personal training what are we trying to accomplish here in the near future personally for for me like um I, i'd like to get more back into my personal training um you know unfortunately trying to do the business and personal train it takes its toll one of them has to kind of give um 
and over the last couple of months, uh, the personal training side gave back a little bit. I've had to cut some hours off personal training and go more into the business. Um, so I'd like to get my personal training back up, definitely. But I also wanted to oh, make another gym as well, to be honest with you. Um, very local as well. Go for another gym, keep it local, give our members access to another gym. Um, same colours, same colour scheme, things like that, but a different brand to go with. So then you have two completely different gyms. Uh, this one be a little bit more boxing sizes as well. You know, I really love boxing. Um, I'd like to be able to create a boxing ring in the gym um, and give it away to a local boxing club and say, look, this is yours to use. Um, just mm. to give back to the community, really, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, Another, a, it's a fun conversation know. because you can, I mean, all of your wildest ideas we can pursue. This is entrepreneurship and you get to make the rules at the end of the day. I think there's plenty of room in the market for business owners who genuinely care about providing a good service. And you probably have a better pulse on that in your local market than anybody else does. And so it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. We're running a bit shy on time here, JJ, but I want to save a little bit of time to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn more about train and gain right now. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people learn about what you do? Yeah, so um, best best would be off of uh, our Instagram, which is Train and Gain Official. Um, the Train and Gain is like a little apostrophe M, and then Gain Official. Um, and then the website is similar: www.trainandgainofficial.co.uk. Um, you can look at all our our website, and then our Instagram through there. Um, our Instagram is good because every day new things come up on our story or on our on our post. That's the best way to best way to find us. There we go. Connect with JJ and the Train and Gain team on Instagram. JJ, this has been fun, man. I really appreciate your willingness to share and and tell us a little bit behind the scenes of how a business like this functions. I'm excited to see what the future holds because this is so early, so it could go yeah. any number of directions for you. I I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share and, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward here. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cheers, Joe. Absolutely. And everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Rachel from House of Pain Personal Training in Lilburn, Georgia. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Rachel? I'm great. Thanks, Brooke. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for being here today. I think you know that's the first thing that I want to say. Taking some time out of the busy day today of being a gym owner to sit down and have this conversation and hopefully give back to the fitness industry a little bit. I appreciate that. Um, before we kind of dive into the business, give us a little bit of background here, Rachel. What was it that led to you going and opening up House of Pain? So, I've been a trainer. Um, for 30 plus years. When I first started out, I was just, you know, the front desk person opening up. Um, when I eventually got married and decided to have children, um, we ended up opening up just some personal training in my garage. So that's how the name House of Pain got started because it was actually in my house. Um, eventually, I didn't want it in my house anymore. And we had the furniture store and the economy in 2008 wasn't doing as well. So we went ahead and decided to start um, a personal training facility um, at the property that we own. And now it's been in existence for 15 years. 
Okay. Okay. I love it. So you've been doing this in the facility for 15 years, but have experienced personal training way before that. Now give us your best elevator pitch of House of Pain personal training as it exists today in its current state, who you are, what services you guys provide, because all personal training studios are very different. So I want our listeners to really understand what it is that you guys do. So House of Pain personal training is um, a facility that specializes in online and on-site training for both competition prep and lifestyle fit because shaping bodies is what we do. Yeah. So um, I, you guys can, with that, you can work with literally anybody. I mean, you have your competition folk, but then with the lifestyle fit, you can literally create a exercise, nutrition, health plan for anybody. Regardless we, of we do. We, um, you know, each of the trainers specializes, in, you know, have different areas that they specialize in or different type of clientele that they work with well. And, um, you know, or different times of day that they, that they work in. And so um, my job is to my husband and myself do all the consultations and we match up the trainee, um, the people who want to train with the trainers that are going to best, best suit their needs. Um, we customize the programs for each individual. And we decided um, a long time ago that, you know, keeping it where we could keep everything very customized was the way that we wanted to run our business. So, um, you know, as opposed to the masses and having a cookie cutter kind of thing. So, you know, we keep it very personal and customized um, for our clientele and really work around some of the common injuries and things that, that you're faced with um, with the general public. So, okay. So, you know, being that you guys are personal training, I'm interested to know exactly how your personal training packages work. Do you guys sell packages? Is it kind of like a monthly membership? Um, what, what options do clients have if they're looking to join you? I, I don't sell packages. I tell people we sell results. So we customize our program again, just depending on what's going to best suit their needs and come up with a combination of what something comes in. While everybody would love to have a trainer for five days a week, wouldn't that be great? They can't afford it all the time. So, you know, we're going to see what can you afford on site? What, you know, is there a possibility for you to do some online? Is it best for you to, if you're just starting out, you train with a trainer once a week and keep repeating that so you can learn the process, learn what the machines are and learn how to set them up and Part of my job is an education process, you know, to teach these people. So, you know, again, it's it's custom. Um, we're going to find what's going to best suit your needs, and we're going to come up with a solution for you. Yeah, I like that. The kind of prescription-based selling. So you sell it upon, sell packages based upon your client's needs, what results they're looking to achieve. Um, okay. Important so, part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so with that, you know, you've got five trainers that are training full-time in the, the facility. How many clients total do you guys have at any given time? You know, at any given time, I mean, it really can range because so much of our clientele is online. Um, 85% of our business is online and, um, you know, so it's going to range from in competition prep, it's going to range anywhere from 30 on the low side to, you know, 50 or 60 on the high side that we're working with. And then, uh, you know, the lifestyle clients on top of that. So it just depends on, on, you know, month to month and season to season. We don't do long-term contracts. We do okay. everything month to month. We own the building, we own the property, so we can afford to pass over that savings to our clients and, um, you know, and chose not to do any kind of electronic fund transfer. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I got that. So, you know, it kind of varies in, in, in this industry, no matter who we are, what, what sort of fitness we do, there is a lot of seasonality in this business. And I can imagine being in, you know, competition prep, there's a ton of seasonality because these competitions typically happen like during certain times of the year, from my understanding. Is that right? Well, 
you can pretty much find a competition almost all year round, especially on the West Coast. There's they even have them in January. But for us in the Southeast, um, you're primarily looking at the end of March through December. Right now, as we speak this weekend, is the NPC national competition. And then in two weeks is going to be um, the Olympia. And then that kind of ends the season and young people have a little bit of a break. So Okay. Interesting mm -hmm. how that all works. I'm not like super in involved in the bodybuilding community. So it's always interesting to hear. Well, you know, even you though know. there's an off season, I mean, the people... Anybody that's looking to compete in March or April or even May, they're starting now. Mm -hmm. So they're starting right now. So they, um, you know, <laughs> there's no downtime for them, really. Yeah. So kind of talk, let's talk about the process here, you know, in finding your clients. I talked to a lot of gym owners of all different types here on this podcast. And one of the common things that I hear is like our biggest challenge is bringing people in. Our biggest challenge is finding new clients. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys do to, to get those new clients? And is that something that poses any challenges for you? So um, not really. Um, Steve and I have worked really, really hard in engaging with the community and building relationships with um with a lot of people. So we travel to 25 shows a year. Like I said, it's across the country, but primarily in the Southeast, although we even go to international, we work those shows. I'm a statistician, he's a head expediter, and we are working the shows, which means that we come in contact with every single competitor at those different shows. So we are engaging with them there. They know that we do competition prep. They know that Steve is one of the top posing coaches in the country. So, you know, it's sort of by word of mouth and, and being right there with them that we do our marketing. In addition to that, um, you know, we put on workshops that um, engage the community. I work with the Chamber of Commerce. We promote a show that again, we're working with the community and the chamber um, and the travel and tourism industries to, make a significant impact on the economy in the areas where we're working. So, um, you know, we're engaging with the community that way. And, and uh, it's word of mouth. It's a lot of word of mouth. I, I really, I publish a magazine myself. So I, and, and taking it digital this year. So I really um, got a good database and I'm constantly e-blasting. So it's, it's a combination of all those things working together. So a little bit of everything, you know, relationships, past you know clients utilizing you know your database um my social you, media content is is real important with that you know again i do a lot for um i do a lot that people trust again we built the relationships that people trust so that my direct mail e-blast get opened up and they find out what's going on so that's a big part of it too yeah, I mean, in 2022, social media is key. No matter what kind of business we have, we have to have some sort of presence on social media. Right. Um, so, you know, for you guys, is that all organic or are you guys utilizing Facebook and Instagram to run like marketing campaigns at all? It's all organic. Okay. It really is. I mean, I, I do do a lot of direct mail e-blast, but aside from that, um, you know, in, in posting on social media, um, I don't do any ads. Everything is organic. Is there a reason why you guys haven't done any ads on top of everything that you do? I haven't needed to. You know, I, I'm never going to oversell and underdeliver. I'm going to make sure that everything that we do, we, we're capable of handling. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to... There are some companies that, you know are huge. They might have a thousand clients, right? Well, that's very difficult to have custom programs for that many people. That's not the route we chose to go. So keeping it custom and personalized and being involved with each person individually as, um, you know, was very important to us. So that's the route we choose to take. So, you know, developing all of it, all of our relationships organically has been enough. 
Yeah. And that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, and I just want to commend you there, you know, for your organic growth. Um, and you've been doing this for a while, so it's obviously working. Um, kind of to turn the conversation here, when it comes to the business, Rachel, we all have kind of those bottlenecks, those challenges, those things that we kind of keep us up at night. We're still wondering what we can do to fix it. So for you within your business model, like what's one of the key challenges and what are you working to do to overcome that? You know, probably the biggest key challenge is to find, you know, to be able to hire another trainer that is willing to learn the way that we do things. You know, again, we travel to 25 shows a year while we're gone it would be great to have another trainer who could step in and take some of our clients. Um, my daughter does a lot of it. Um, she can't do all of that, you know, because there's two of us and only one of her. And she's got her own clients too. So it's the business is run by three of us, my husband, myself, my daughter, and then two other trainers. And then, like I said, I do have two part-timers. Um, so finding somebody that we can train up who's, you know, mentor along and guide them. Um, the way that we did my daughter would be great. Good help is hard to find. Yeah. Um, where have you guys like looked to find an individual that would be like top of the line to kind of, you know, do some, take over some of these responsibilities? You know, I've tried to reach out to some of the um, certification that um, there's, there's one company that does it locally that teaches the, um, NASM certification. So we've worked, tried to reach out to them, tried to reach out, you know, just we, we come in contact with a lot of people. You know, Lilburn, like I said, we're a destination facility. It's not um, the Mecca there. So then a lot of people live a little further away. It's just a little hard to, it's, it's just been a little bit of a challenge to find somebody who's willing to put in that work. It takes work to learn all that time and it takes time and you know, yeah, it a lot takes of people want it now. <laughs> a lot of people want it now and want it quick. <laughs> and not only like, does it take work for the individual in which we're hiring, but also like have to kind of look at it. You know, we have to pour a lot of time into, you know, developing yes. this person. Um, yes. Okay. So ideally I could hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true. You reached them all. What would that picture look like? You know, in in terms of our personal training facility, um, that picture would look like we've trained up my daughter to be able to manage the facility. Um, she's on her way to join that, but you know that would that would be great, which would allow time for me to continue to work more on the workshops and the individual e blasts that I do, um, and. And in doing so, I'd like to take the big workshop that I do in February and duplicate that in other regions. So that would that's that would ultimately be what I'd like to do. Yeah, I, I get that. Now, you know, my next question for you would be what what do you have to focus on within the current kind of state of your business to take you to that position? Um. Right now, it's about perfecting the format of the big workshop that we're doing. Um, you know, that's coming up in February. So, um, you know, ju just this is the second year that we're doing it at this new location. And it was at my location before, but we outgrew it. So this is the second year. And there's a lot of moving parts there because we bring so many people in from different states to be a part of it as presenters and vendors. And um, so just kind of nailing all that down so that when I pitch it to the next region, um, they, they see the difference and they, and they've got uh, several years of data to, um, to look at it as evidence that this works and let's do it. So, so I'm working towards it. What piece of advice would you share with somebody who was fairly new to stepping into this industry? The biggest piece of advice is I'd say work for somebody else for a little while, um, you know, work in a couple of different type of um, 
like your small box gym, your bigger corporate places and figure out what it is you like and what it is you don't like and how they do things and run their systems. And um, once you kind of have a better feeling for that and see the mistakes <laughs> and learn from them that they've made, then, you know, you're better ready to start your own business. It's not easy starting your own facility. It's, you know, you never get a break. It's 24 seven. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I appreciate that piece of advice there. There's so much to learn from that. And, um, you know, somebody new stepping into this industry could really take that, you know, if they, if they took it and applied it and really listened to it, it will be helpful for them, um, as they grow their business. So, you know, you talked a lot about social media being important to you. So I want to give you the opportunity here to share your, your gym social media handle so that our listeners can go follow you guys. Sure. So we have two, it's, um, House of Pain Personal Training on Instagram and Facebook. And then um, it's uh, Southern Muscle Guide um, on both social, um, Instagram and Facebook. So Awesome. Excited to check it out myself. I've seen the website. haven't had a chance to check out the social media, but I'm excited to look at it. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being here today. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Jack from Sweets You Fitness out of the UK. What's going on, Jack? How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you for asking. So we're really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of everything you have going on and how you run Sweets You Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Suits you fitness. Did I say sweets? You said sweets, yeah. <laughs> that's, sweet that's, that's, that'll, that'll be the side business when I uh, take over the sweet industry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, sweets you fitness. So, yeah, so I actually started off as an electrician. Uh, started off as an electrician, and it, it was, you know, I enjoyed. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's restart. We're still in the beginning. Suits you, okay. so I can say it correctly. Suits you, fitness, yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank As you in, like suits, suits. You've got clothes on, and they suit. That suits you best. You know I have no mean? idea why I read that as like sweets. It's. I think my eyes like inserted an e between the t and the s. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Right. Quite, I've heard people say that before too. Yeah. But... All right. Take two. Three. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Watch Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Jack from Suits You Fitness out of the UK. What's going Hello. on? How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on, tell us a little bit more about your gym and what made you want to start it in the first place. So the gym, the, the, idea, the idea come from, I wanted as many different um types of fitness under one roof so mm -hmm. we have the gym itself where people just come in and train and um, we have um circuit classes and group classes and martial arts as well so that's that side we call uh suf martial arts academy 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to make, I, I wanted to try and get as much different types of fitness for people. Um, so, you know, there's something for everyone. Um, so there's a, a lot, a lot of people what I come across, are, uh, they put off about the gym because certain types of people you get in there, they, they don't want to be around posers you know, your you, you big, you, your gym meatheads, it's very, people find it very off-putting. So I don't quite know how I've managed it. Maybe it's the uh, the logo and the branding, but um, I seem to have attracted a lot of decent people who just want to come in and do the training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's got a strong community base. So, you know, there's it's it's got that that side to it as well. But uh, yeah, there's no no egos really, and it's there's something for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and, you guys, you guys are offering a, a wide variety of services. So you have the group classes, the personal training, free weights, and then also that martial arts aspect. Would you say that like your members are taking advantage of everything that you have to offer, or do you have certain members that do PT, um, open gym, and the martial arts side of things? Uh, so I have a mem- I do have a membership for everything. So there's people who who do the martial arts. Um, there's a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes. I'd say that's where we're heavy, heavily um, doing those classes. And then we have boxing, MMA, uh, Thai boxing. Uh, and then there's a membership where they can come and use the gym as well and, and do the circuit classes. But generally, I'd say there's people who like circuit classes and that's what they do. There's people who come in and do the gym and mm-hmm. then there's people who come and do the martial arts and it's like they're doing what suits them best pretty much without being cheesy. <laughs> they're, they're doing what suits them best. But but then, you know, if they have got a membership for it all, sometimes they will come and do a bit of something else or some people in the gym will think, you know what, I'm going to jump on a circuit class today. So they, they have that, uh, you know, that option to do that. Yeah. So it's, you said you, it seems like you have like the majority of people that are taking the jujitsu classes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's, we started with jujitsu. When I first opened it started with, we started with two jujitsu classes just to, to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. And then bit by bit, we started adding more classes and then we added boxing and, you know, cause I, we, we, we started from nothing really. I, I didn't, um, I was an electrician before this, so I didn't actually PT in any gyms or, anything I, I literally started with nothing I just I didn't know the area very well I uh, I, I'm, I I live near the area but um uh I, when I found the, the the premises I was like oh I can make this work here and I come yeah. in with nobody and then w- within two months I was making enough to pay the bills I don't I, <laughs> I don't know how I've done it really but it <laughs> seems to be working Okay. So well, yeah, we'll definitely be sure to touch on that um a little later on in the podcast. Yeah. So, I mean my next the next question I have for you is like, since you do offer like such a, a wide variety of services and most people are, you know, kind of in that martial arts world, are you looking to add more people to your group classes and to the personal training? So again, sorry. So are you looking to add more people into the group classes and kind of like that general fitness area? Yeah, I, I, want, I want to add people all over. Like, I've got a plan um, for coming up to Christmas now. Um, I, I want to take it to the next level. So it's it's been get it's got busier this year. Like, I think this has been the first. Is it? I think this is the first full year since COVID where I've, I've been able to go for it properly. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready for it to go up a up another level now. So I want to get the the classes busier. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to have to put more classes on come January. Um, <laughs> And I've I've spent a lot on the gym to really make it like a proper gym. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I when I first opened, I'd say I was a little bit insecure with it saying it is a gym. I did say it's a gym, but I'd say it was lacking a few uh, machines really. But now I've I've really kitted it out. So the, so the gym, the way it looks, everything it is ready to like go an upper level now. And the martial arts as well. I've redone the mats upstairs done the lighting used to be electrician so I've done the lights myself I've done I've done a lot of work this year so I'm ready to take it up a notch so up a notch like what does that look like for you guys um if so say I've got about like I've got it fluctuates really because I don't have a um, contract with the memberships but 
I've, I've always got over 200 members. If I can get that doubled, then I'm, I'd be I'd be happy. That's my that's my short term goal to double that. Yeah. Um, and then I the I have a, a lad who works for me, Zach. He takes um, the personal training. I just don't have time for. The, I did I did start with the personal training, but I just don't have time for it anymore. It's I've yeah. needed I've needed to let go of the personal training. Although you know it's it's good to make money doing that. Yeah, I've needed the. T- I found out I needed more time for myself and the gym to to for the advertising side of things. So I give him the personal training now, and I focus more on developing the business and and you know trying to get it out there more because I'm I'm really not I'm not good on social media, so I've had to learn along the way. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you kind of brought that up because a lot of gym owners, you know, that I speak to are, are they they find it challenging to delegate. But something that I like that you said is that you had to delegate in order to do things that are actually going to grow your business, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because you brought up like advertising. Um, when it comes to marketing, how do you guys find your new clients? Well, I've I've tried I've tried a few things really. I've um, I've I've had leaflets made. That was probably the first one. Uh, as learning as I go, I've spent a bit on leaflets and things like that. I found they they they're done leaflets and what. So what is um? You said leaflets. Leaflet, yeah. You know, like a little you know to post through the letterbox saying Jim. Uh, such and such of an address. I don't know what you do. You not call them leaflets. Oh, <laughs> like a little, uh, a little piece of paper with with yeah. my, my logo on the gym. Oh, gym. like a flyer. A flyer, yeah, that's it. Yeah, a flyer. <laughs> okay. So fl- flyers, they're leaflets. We call them. Interesting. Flyers. Okay. Yeah, so I'd have so I've spent a bit on flyers at the start. Found that didn't really work. Then I'd go into like local magazines for advertising. I found that doesn't really work even. And looking in the magazines, I would say my branding was the best. It definitely stood out more than the other the other businesses in there, and it still didn't really work. Right. Um, so social media, I've I'm not the best on it, but I have got better. Okay. Uh, that 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 has helped. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't really find uh, boosting um posts works very I don't, it does a little bit maybe for getting more followers but the best thing is word of mouth by a country mile word word of mouth like get get people in who who fit into the community and then especially the ones who chat a lot they might chat a lot in the gym but i was having a joke about this today some of them they might chat a lot in the gym but if they chat when they're out of the gym as well they're those people are brilliant for bringing other people down so mm-hmm. for me word of mouth so giving a good service to people and then them going telling other people and bringing others down has been definitely the the best way of advertising for me yeah okay so let's talk about that a little bit more um let's say that i wanted to like join one of your programs at the door like are you the one that would be greeting me and giving me a tour and kind of you know talking to me about the packages that you have to offer yeah usually uh, i'm i'm the uh, most of the time the the other lad who i've told you about zach he's yeah. um he's there quite a bit as well so me or it'd be me or zach who does that mm-hmm. um and then i'd walk him around the gym i'd tell him um that i'd show on the i've got a board at the side of my desk with um the different specific classes I have. Remember, I remember I said earlier about uh, box fit. Um, I've got like different different specific classes, but then I have um, a continuous rolling full body circuit, which people come in and do at their own convenience. So I, I show them that and say, look, if you can't get to these certain times for these classes, or you just want to sort of do things at your own pace and build up, at your own speed and you don't really want people pushing you and you know trying to make you be sick (laughs) then this this is for you and you get a full body workout in at your own pace so I show them that as well and then I tell them the martial arts side of things and usually if they're not into martial arts then just we just disregard that but then yeah it's basically I just take them around and show them what what we have to offer and there's usually something that uh, suits them best yeah so that means that you're doing like the majority of the closing too. 
Oh yeah, I'm do I I do nearly everything. Yeah, I do everything all the time. Yeah, Const constantly. <laughs> you know, even at home, even when I'm not in the gym. Um, so I'll get Zach. Zach will be in the just watch running the gym for me while I'm not there. But I'll be I'll still be working. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, would you like to see the role that you have now in your business change at all from you, you know, not necessarily wearing all the hats in the business to being a little bit more hands off? Uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose when I first, um, cause it was for the first three years, it was just me on my own every day. <laughs> it was, it was rich. When I look back, I think, how, how have I done that? So it, and then when I first take, taken Zach on, it was probably hard for me to think, Oh, I've got to actually put trust in someone else here. But I knew to, to yeah. get to that next level, uh, I needed to put a bit of trust in someone else and let them Zach Zach actually first come to train doing Thai boxing and then he was a PT at another gym and he would bring clients to the gym even though he was at another gym and because he did that I thought well he, he's somebody to be trusted and then the start of the this year in January I was like I need to get him on and try and get to the next level because I was trying to do too much on my own yeah and, I was trying to do it all on my own and I thought I'm going to have to take a hit financially, obviously to take someone else on to try and allow me to have that time to go to that next level. And it's, it's definitely paid off uh, as in I've got more time for myself. So my, my sanity is better. I could feel myself becoming a bit, um, uh, a bit snappier. Every, uh, people call me moody in the, people think I'm moody in the gym, but it, <laughs> a, bit, a bit of a joke about it, but, uh, um yeah I could it, it was getting hard I had to I had to get someone else I couldn't do it all on my own but it's definitely given me more uh freedom to to you know for the the advertising side of things and just I'm planning and coming up with new ideas going forward and I can yeah. map it out better having that yeah. time so let's talk a little bit about like the long-term goal that you have for yourself because now it seems like you have a lot more time to do things in your business that are actually going to help it grow. Yeah. So let's say I were a genie and I gave you three wishes, right? Yeah. What would those three wishes be like six months from now? You got three wishes and that's it. No more. What would you want your gym to look like from the business side of things? So the, so the, the first wish, what you're saying, so six months down the line, where, where could I be? Yeah. Six months down the line, I would wish, I could have more. I would, if I had more money, that is as well. I'd need a bit more. So I'd, yeah. I'd wish, I'd wish for more money so I could spend yeah. a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be the first wish. And then I would take over the other buildings around, around the gym, because there's a storage unit, a cafe, and a floor. This they, they sell um, carpet, carpet shop at the other side. Mm -hmm. I would knock through and turn it into a massive leisure center. So any, so there's a, a rival gym down the road, Total Fitness. They've got a swimming pool and saunas and all that. I would be getting all that in, and then uh, I would put them out of business straight away. <laughs> that's so a, more that's the goal. <laughs> that's the first. That's what my wish should be. More revenue. That is okay. <laughs> so basically, you want more revenue. You want to take uh, the over the other buildings that are around your gym, like the one that has a cafe in it, yeah. and also like dominate your market. Yeah, re realistically, let's let's just say say I don't have the wishes and, and a realistic what I do plan to do. Yeah, is, there's a there's a the smallest building which is right next to me. Uh, the the entrance of the gym. Um, it's a little storage unit. I was actually going to take it over in just before COVID. Um, and knock through, uh, and then COVID. Li literally, I had the documents looking ready to do it. Then COVID happened. Like, well, co I say COVID happened. Like, it all started to come out about lockdowns and everything. Um, and then the gym was shut a week later. So then that stopped. The the company that do have that storage unit across the way from me, um, they they still use it now. So. When we come back to being open, the, the 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 storage unit was full with different bits in there. So it's like, well, that's not available now. And I kind of think, you know, as we were saying before this podcast, I like things happen for a reason. I yeah. kind of think 
that maybe it happened for a reason as in I, I wasn't ready to actually take that take that storage unit at the time but I feel like when it does come available again I will be ready and I will take it yeah. and that's the next step to growing so I'll grow the, the gym into there that's yeah. the first step <laughs> well I hope so I hope so so with that being said it's almost a good place for us to wrap up last question I have for you is I guess because you came like you were an electrician right yeah so you went from electrician to gym owner. Mm. Can you talk about some of the skills that you had to build in order to keep your doors open? Yeah. Well, those are two very different industries. As in, what do you mean, sorry? So like when, when the doors shut, as in, um, did I go and work when the gym was shut or what I did beforehand to try and get the gym open before that? Yeah. So basically like transitioning from. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like something that's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So I started off as an electrician. I did a, a an apprenticeship and I sort of left school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I started working with my uncle at first. Well, no, actually, I actually started at college doing uh, sports science, um, which sort of ties in more with the gym really when I first, <laughs> thinking about it but um I just I just couldn't do coursework and I, I didn't fit in at the college and I don't know I was a bit of an idiot back then to be honest so I uh, I used to just skip skip college and and go and work with my uncle on building sites doing painting and decorating and laboring and different things just for money I needed I needed money straight away when I when I left school and being at college doing coursework and then going trying to work in as a uh, a shop nearby it just wasn't wasn't for me so I um so I, I did I did I left college and then it was my dad's wife who said why don't you be an electrician so I was like that's a good trade and I was like okay so I uh signed my apprenticeship did that uh and then worked for a company for about eight eight years set up for myself as an electrician which I preferred I definitely definitely needed to be my own boss I, I realized that and then it was good yeah I, I like the freedom of being my own my own boss yeah um and then I, I just but the, the one thing that I didn't get from being an electrician was um the satisfaction like I could do a good job and I'd yeah it was okay but I realized I kind of need to work with people and I, I do have a passion for fitness and I, I needed to the idea of being an electrician for the rest of my life really like worried me. So I, I had to just save the money and take the plunge and, and, and go for it. And if I didn't do it, the regret of not doing it was, was bad enough to like, you know, uh, it, that, that was my biggest uh, fear. I think not taking the plunge to do it. And even if I failed, but to be honest, I, I actually knew I would make it because I, I used to say to myself, I will sleep in this gym to make sure it, it it works. I literally would have slept in the gym to to make sure it works. And it kind of felt like I was because I was in the 14 hours a day every day anyway. So but it's when I look back, it was it was hard, but it's definitely getting easier compared to the start of, you know, only just having like, say, 10 members at the start and coming yeah. from nothing. But the good thing about being an electrician was I did learn to graft. I, I learned to work hard. Um, a lot of the jobs that I did in the build, because the building was bare bones when I first taken over. So obviously I could do all the electrics. I've worked with my uncle, so I could do all the painting. I sprayed, I sprayed the gym with my friends, did the flooring. My uncle's got his own building uh, business, so that helped. I seem to have, a, I seem to have all the right contacts to get everything done weirdly yeah. I had a contact I had a contact yeah. or I could do it for myself to do yeah. the whole lot so it uh and I, I just mean, knew but you know like you said earlier everything happens for a reason it does yeah it does. yeah so um Jack this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out please tell our listeners where they can find you uh, you can find it suits you fitness on Instagram or Facebook uh the gym is in Wigan Ashton in Makerfield um and yeah just if you go on if you go on google and type in suits you the letter u then fitness 
uh, you'll find the address there. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Jack. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you, you know, dominate your the market down the road. I'm so. taking over. I'm taking over <laughs> this industry. <laughs> so to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Woods out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.